I'm gonna trick former guest Ben into making us a theme song. That's it. Okay. Better, closer, warmer. Uh, all modern art is communistic. I want to be the first man to nut in space. Fuck you. Fuck off. Where are we finding it? Why can't we Better, find it? Closer, Why do you guys warmer. keep saying all this change? We're playing Fortnite. Let's have fun. We need to get to that post-World War II mentality where Better, closer, no one in the warmer. world is going to Twitch and typing in climate first. Don't tweet us about how our stuff's inaccurate. At this point, I don't think the N-word tape would change anything. The piss tape might. From New Orleans to New York. It's the Alienos Podcast, baby. Dude, that was TNT. Welcome back to the Illenials Podcast. I'm Smith. I'm Seth. And Seth, you know how in sports they have things called uh, uh, bye weeks? Yeah. We have a dry week. We have a dry week. We have a political bye week. Yeah. (laughs) And also, referring to our our moist uh, uh, member who's not here. Yeah, we're we're accustomed to those. Every every once in a while he has to recede back into his uh, whatever he does. Well, it's a vacation day for him. We put it in time. Oh, yeah, I forgot. He, had, he did put in a request for that, and uh, we actually had to have a, we had actually had to arbitrate it. Uh, <laughs> t- took several hours to to figure to get to the bottom of it, but I mean, folks don't know this, but this podcast is a like a second job for all of us. We have like it's it's yeah. not we don't just sit down once a week and record for an hour, and then I spend two hours editing it and posting it. No, this is a five day a week job. Yeah, on Sundays we have a complete uh, parliamentary procedure discussion <laughs> about what should be done on the next episode. We use Robert's rules and everything, y'all. Exactly. So, if it sounds hodgepodge, it's not. That's and you're right. wrong. That's just how good we are that it sounds so natural and unscripted. Yeah. I always, like, I've always had this in the back of my when I listen to other podcasts, like, you know, you know, people talking, just having fun. I've always had the back of my head, like, what if everything is scripted? What if the whole, all the gaffes, everything, all scripted to the T? Man, that would be... Like a, like a Coen Brothers movie. I feel like that a script for that would be longer than a script for most TV shows. Like, an hour-long TV show would have a shorter script than an hour-long podcast script. Well, yeah, because hour-long TV shows like, 44 minutes with commercials. But an hour-long podcast is a full hour... I'm saying, but so. even like, even with stage directions and everything, still not not as long because okay, there's so many like ums and uhs and and all that kind of stuff in podcasting that just like yeah, sometimes they talk over each other yeah, which I just did there to illustrate the point uh, yeah, I saw that. Yep. that by the way that brings me to an important point I wanted to make yes. on this podcast yes, which is I'm replaying the Final Fantasy VII remake right now. Uh, because I did you finish it. it the first time? I did, I did. Okay, and now I'm on my okay. second playthrough because you get like bonuses for playing it a second time. Uh, and I am, I'm noticing one thing that this is common across all video games, which is that there is no such thing in most cases as someone being interrupted by anybody else. Their line will stop in the middle of a word. There's a beat, and then another line that's supposed to interrupt them starts. And why has no one figured this out yet? Why does the tech yeah. not exist? To do a, a, an appropriate, like, talking over somebody else. Yeah, it's one of those things, too. Um, the whole talking over people thing, because like, if you've ever been in a, a play or read a script, it's always like, you know, the, the, the actor or whatever is reading the word, and there's a dash, and it says, you know, interrupt, cut in, whatever, this character. And it's one of those things where, um, like, when you act, like, you're a high school theater person or whatever, or college or whatever, it's one of those things that really sets apart good actors and bad actors. Because most kids, I mean, I did it when I was in, it would be like, well, actually, Mr. And then the other guy would just, like, talk, like, right after. So it's, it kind of t- teaches you, like, how to be good at it. Because when real actors do it, it sounds like an actual conversation. Yeah. But it's, it always sounds very stilted to people do it. And video games still kind of have that problem, even if they do have high production. I guess like the, the the way the audio files work, like it's not it's not one they didn't record the tracks together, right? It's not like an acting situation, but like you can't just start the track like a half a second before, and that way yeah. there's a genuine moment of like talking over somebody, or just know. have the actors. I mean, I know it's it would be insane logistically, but just have the actors in the same room. Mm. You're making a. It's not like, I mean, this is gonna a video game technically lasts forever, so you might as well just put put the work in to get the actors in the same room. Yeah. Or not right now. One day. Yeah. Or booths. Yeah. Have have some kind of setup. Yeah. 
Yeah, I feel like that would be probably better. Like, have them, like, literally just do a track. I mean, you can record their audio separately, but have one track that's just them acting. Acting, you know, together. Yes. <laughs> For the listeners, Smith raised his hand as if he was holding the skull from Hamlet. Of Yorick, yeah. Um, it's like a... It's like a that scene in uh, extras where he's just like, I pretend to be someone else. The secret acting is that I'm not a wizard, but on the day of the shoot, I pretend that I am a wizard. (laughs) And then everything I say and do, I do it as if I were a wizard. (laughs) A fantastic scene, by the way. Great. (laughs) Um, Oh, man. But yeah, so... On the topic of this podcast, I mean, what's happening? Like, I walked are- by the TV a while back and someone said Trump is selling pardons. Damn, that's, that's, that is such a bold move. <laughs> like, and it really just drives the point home that if you have enough money, you can do pretty much anything you want. Yeah. Apparently, Rudy Giuliani was selling them for $2 million a piece. And it's like, I guess... But at this um, point, would you trust anything that Giuliani tried to sell you? Yeah, no, I'm not. I wouldn't even fork over that money until it was signed, like, ink on paper. <laughs> if that's how pardons work, I have no idea. Um, Yeah, people are just fighting over these stimulus checks. They're, uh... I mean, to be, to be fair, people are actually trying to hold uh, Joe Biden accountable for things he said. Which is, he was like, oh, if, if Georgia turns blue, we're sending out $2,000 immediately. And now they're like, we'll send fucking $2,000 out then. And it's uh, being arbitrated as much as uh, Marcus's vacation days. Um, <laughs> well, it's like they now. said they said that, like, uh, oh, what we meant was $1,400 on top of the 600 you already got. Yeah, and, and, uh, and they're like, no. Well, if you paid attention, yes, that is what Joe Biden has been saying the entire time. Technically, but not a single headline would let or, or even the body of a story would lead you to believe that. And I don't know if Joe Biden fucked up in saying it or the media fucked up in telling us, but somebody fucked up and you owe me 600 more dollars. Yes, I think we are entitled to. Well, I mean, people, so many people in this country are, are entitled to way more than that right now. Oh, yeah. Um, and that's something that hopefully we can arbitrate further one day, but most likely we never will. But yeah, I do. I, I mean, I think it's nice that people, even Democrats, are trying to hold, hold Joe Biden up to this. Um, it's interesting, but I don't know what's, how much that is going to carry over into the presidency. All I can say is, they should be counting themselves extremely lucky that the bravery of our minds has been so damaged by centuries of capitalism that we're only asking for a two thousand dollar check and not the true bill that we're owed, which is literally everything. Which is we want it all and retroactively. We want everything, and we want it. We want to have had it already. Right. You owe us, motherfucker. We paid you already by working and creating all the stuff that you have. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's something. And then somebody like people pointed out, like all the all the libs were like, yeah, four hundred dollars plus six hundred dollars is two thousand. It's what you what you what you wanted. And somebody else was like, well, why not just give us two hundred dollars? And like, what do you mean? They're like, well, if you take into account. <laughs> The fourteen, or the the twelve hundred we already got, and then six hundred dollars again. At least two hundred, really, to, to to really finish off our bill. And uh, people yeah. do not like that logic at all. Oh, yeah. Is it? It was actually when you think you think back to it, it's crazy that pretty early on, they just for for the speed of the Trump administration. Almost instantaneously put $1,200 out there for everybody and then just dragged their feet even before the election when I think a stimulus right then might have actually swung it and they just still didn't do it. And I'm, and I, yeah, and now we get 600, which some people aren't even, I found out some people aren't even getting that. Like I have a oh, former guest on the show, the, the, the theme song maker, Ben, he has an issue where apparently last year on taxes he was considered a dependent. And now he doesn't get any money. He hasn't got any a single stimulus yet, um, which is bullshit. Yeah. Um, is. So that it's it's a uh, pretty pretty upsetting that people are just getting the money taken from them as well. Yeah. I think everyone should get it. I think babies should get it. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah sure. Give it to every every person who has a social security number right now. People were like, "Oh, the cost of it will be like four hundred sixty-four billion dollars." I'm like. 
the government spends $3 trillion a year keeping itself afloat. And also, money don't reel. Yeah. Also, take away half of the military budget and we'll all be kings. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like... Um, yeah, it's like, uh, who gives a shit? Money is just a figment of your imagination. It's not actually a thing. It's just numbers in a computer somewhere. Who cares? Who care? Is, my, is, yeah. is what I think. And now that, like... I mean, I'm not one of those... Oh, the cashless society is gonna take give us give take away all our freedom. But now that pretty much everything I do is basically cashless, it, it is it. I don't know. I feel like money isn't real anymore. I honestly, feel like like you said to me, money honestly is just numbers on a on a computer screen or a phone screen. I never know if it's real or not. But I just I just trust in what it tells me. Well, I mean, they're talking about how much it would cost, like this this how many billion dollars. I'm like they put trillions and trillions of dollars into the stock market to keep that shit afloat a year ago they didn't print all that money it doesn't actually exist it's on a fucking computer somewhere because no regular person saw any of that money like it all went to patch up these holes in our economy yeah still and make elon fixed. musk the richest man in the world oh my god dude we talked about it last week we can't talk, we, we cannot mention yeah. elon musk on every podcast but he keeps coming up That's because true. he's really just a great modern like the robber barons of our time are like Carnegie and Rockefeller and guys like that are like monsters, but they, you know, they, you could, but feel... they didn't have social media. Yes, exactly. Thank you. <laughs> they didn't because what pissed me off the most, I didn't know this last week, but I saw, I, 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 after we recorded, I saw that when it was officially like, Oh, Elon Musk is the richest man in the world. Like Forbes tweeted it or something. And he replied and was like, Oh, crazy. Well, time to go back to work. And I'm like, you piece of shit. You I, work. God, you don't do shit. I, oh, God. I've never wanted to punch I, I want to punch him every day of my life. That was the only time I've ever wanted to punch him. It was yeah. right then when I read that tweet. But it's like when you when you think of these old the old style robber barons, you think of guys who are so far above the populace, like the new aristocrats. But you think of like Elon Musk, and he's just a little nerd. He's just a little nerd man. And yeah. he, he he's sucks. just a nerd whose parents exploited slave labor while he was a kid to make the make him already rich, and now he just got richer his whole life yeah. by uh, you know always being rich. That's how he's become rich. I saw somebody on like Twitter. This is some rando who was like, "Oh, you filthy commies hate Elon Musk because you don't you you don't want to build something for yourself." And I'm like, "This man didn't build anything. He inherited millions of dollars from his parents." Yeah, there are no, like, there are so, so few rags to riches stories. Total. Like, not just now, but almost ever. If you look up somebody, it's almost, it's always like, oh yeah, the guy who invented, I don't know, the post-it notes. You're like, oh, we look into him. Oh, his dad owned an emerald mine. Oh, okay. So he just, <laughs> it's like every, every, ta- every single thing. Actor, like, Hollywood fucking music there's so every industry is just people who are already rich or just had nepotism or whatever are the ones who get to the top so yeah there's no there's no cool underdog story when it comes to elon musk i would say probably sports is one of the last places sports, you'll find s- sports and i would say some forms of music like 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 hip-hop has had a couple of them but yes yeah, sports is one of the only places now where a, a truly like lower to middle class person can become exceedingly wealthy. And the funniest thing is like you read headlines where it's like LeBron James just secured almost $400 million through deals. And you're like, damn, he must be rich. But then I think about it and I'm like, but there's a person who owns the Lakers and there's a person who owns the people that own the Lakers and they are the really rich ones. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, it's like you people do not realize how rich like sports owners are. They are some of the most insane. I mean, Steve Ballmer owns the Los Angeles Clippers, and he's like one of the top ten richest people in the world. Developers, 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 <laughs> developers, 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 developers. Yeah, Steve, that Steve Ballmer, that fucking nerd idiot. More nerds. More nerds. Who, once again, Silver Spoon motherfucker, owns the Clippers. It's like, and, and his players, yeah, they're, they're, they're wealthy, of course, but, I mean, it's like crazy how much more money these guys who a lot of them you don't even know yeah like most people wouldn't know who jenny bus is one of the owner the owner of the lakers most people wouldn't know who that is but she's insanely rich it's like i w- here's the thing i wouldn't even call like who's the richest, richest person in sports like lebron james maybe like i don't even who yeah it would be. I, I, pro- it's either lebron james or somebody like cristiano ronaldo or something i wouldn't even call that a true like rags to riches story that's a rags to like comfortable amounts of money story because like you said he made like 400 million dollars whatever 
fucking Elon Musk has, what is it, like 50, he has like, 60 times that, maybe? Yeah, he has like, like 170, 80 billion now. It's crazy. Uh-huh. So it doesn't even matter to me, like, uh, if a sports star ha- is rich. That guy is still small time compared to the truly rich people out there. Yeah, but in, in the sports person's defense, well, for the most part, the money they have, it's all real. Elon Musk's money is 80% made up. Yeah. It just no- like we say, it's just numbers somewhere that we just trust to be his, his actual value. Yeah, we all, so. we all trust that, that Tesla is one day going to be the most valuable company in the fucking world. Other than Apple, but I guess at least Apple makes something. Yeah, I know. It's like at least you walk outside, you see ten people using an iPhone. You know, I mean, how many Teslas are there? I, I mean, actually, where I live, a lot, but still nowhere near as many as there are the other cars. I don't know that that Apple should be the world's most the biggest company in terms of stock market share. I don't know that that's how it should be. But at least they have a product that I see and it makes sense and it, people use it all the time. Like, it's everywhere. Yeah. Tesla. That's what I think. So I'm like, I, I walk outside. I mean, in the area I live, you actually do see quite a few Teslas. But once again, I still see way more Ford, Toyota. I'm like, how is this company worth more than the literal, like, like blue, uh, what do you, uh, blue blood, not, not blue, but bluegrass. Blue ribbon. Yeah, Blue Ribbon, Blue yeah, whatever. Those, yeah, those, the, the original companies. How does it... Uh, yeah, it's, it's, all question, Seth. it's all made up. Yeah, it's all made up. It's it's all fake. It's just people buying stocks because they think it's going to be valuable one day. And I guess the, the fact that you buy it does make it valuable. But in the end, Tesla's not producing... They're not producing, like, Apple level of stuff. They're not producing GM level of stuff, to be honest, because GM cars are everywhere. And regular people have access to them. Like, you know, you're not going to see a fucking a cashier at Bilo driving a Tesla. Yeah. Or driving. Yeah. And most people, true. a lot of people in retail jobs don't even have cars. So, yeah, it's like, I don't understand. If, if Tesla made, people were like, oh, because of Tesla, you'll be driving an electric car in 10 years. And it's like, are we? I don't see that happening, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, the other companies are trying to make it more and more affordable. I kind of Ford is trying to push like having electric vehicles and stuff, but I don't know. I, I don't want people to have vehicles. Yeah. <laughs> like, I want, I want that to be over. Make an electric fucking bus or train. Yeah. Well, then we're talking. Didn't what happened with Florida? Elon Musk recently. What, what went on there? Florida. I think he said he's going to build a, a tunnel train network through Florida. And people were pointing out that Florida is literally falling into the goddamn ocean, and it would be complete. Like you drill ten feet down in Florida, you hit water. Like it's not going to work. Um. Yeah. That's another thing. Is another thing Elon Musk produces. I think is just ideas where he's just like, oh yeah, I'm gonna make a, I'm gonna make an underground train that runs through the entire world, and then people are like, dude, Elon Musk has got all the ideas. That guy's. And then it's like, but is he is he doing that? Like, is any of this real? It's, He's yeah. like, I'm going to take you to space as long as you have $4.5 million for your ticket fare. <laughs> Dude, I saw a news story that were, where Elon Musk said that uh, for people who can't afford a ticket on a SpaceX to go to Mars, that they're going to uh, work out sort of a, a payment plan where you work your debt off when you get to Mars. And it was like, this resembles indentured servitude. Yeah, I love the... Uh, and the funny part is what they're going to do is they're just going to take, like, middle-class people, middle-class in quotes, and they're probably just going to put them on Mars and just leave them there and make them do all the work and then come back. I've said it before, I've said it again. No one is ever going to live on Mars in our lifetime. I'm sorry, The Martian's not real. It was a fictional movie. It was made up. Yeah. I can't wait for the headline that's like... Uh, indentured servants on, on Mars start to revolt. Oh, yeah. Now that I'd be that's that's a headline I'd be glad to see. We could get that it would going. Be amazing. The Barsoomian yeah, Revolution, could, bring it on. But the thing is, it's one of those things where like sadly the strikers will have no power at all because they're on Mars. Yeah. If they ever want to get back, they gotta have help. I actually <laughs> read the breaking shit down, making potatoes with their poop. <laughs> The Red Mars uh, trilogy, the Mars trilogy by Cam Stanley Robinson, goes over this actually about a Martian revolution, uh, and it's a bit more optimistic than what we have, but it also relies yeah. on having higher levels of tech than what we have now. Um, it's weird though how like a lot of sci-fi like outsources the revolution to like the 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 off-planet areas, which I guess kind of makes sense. 
Like uh, in Cyberpunk 2077, the space stations had a revolt where they threw out the corporations because they were exploiting them, like 18-hour workdays. And yeah. uh, I guess it makes sense there. Like it's hard to do a revolution here, but over like somewhere far away will be easier, I guess. Um, I'm glad you brought up Cyberpunk 2077 because mm. I wanted to talk on it for a minute because Cyberpunk 2077, in my opinion, is the most colossal failure of any video game launch. People can say Fallout 76 was worse, and technically Fallout 76 was worse because the game didn't even fucking work, like, literally at all. Um, but I would say a fraction of the people who care this much about Cyberpunk cared that much about Fallout 76, which is what makes this such a monumental failure. And I think the one, one of the other monumental failures people point at is No Man's Sky. You know, overpromised, completely underdelivered. And the people who made the game were like, all they said was, okay, we're going to get back to work. And now, No Man's Sky is a very good game. And people play it, it has a huge player base. That's the way to deal with it, in my opinion, is just to say, we're sorry, we're going to work on it. And just take your fucking lumps. CD Projekt Red took no lessons from that. They won, made a, they made a video with their CEO who said, from now on, we're not going to have any crunch on our games. And I'm like, that's amazing. But as we've discussed several times on this podcast, they said the same thing about Cyberpunk 2077. Yep. So why am I all of a sudden going to believe somebody who's lied about this before? Indeed. Two, um, Jason Schreier, uh, the, the working man's video game journalist. I mean, the goat of journalism and video games, really. Yeah. Uh, work, I guess he worked with Bloomberg to write an article about this failing of Cyberpunk 2077 and a lot of um, interviews with developers who were also like, this game was gonna be, wasn't going to be ready, and we told people that, and they wouldn't listen to us. A bunch of complaints. And he reached out to CD Projekt Red and was like, hey, um, if you want to have an interview with us to comment on it before we publish this, you can. And they, were, they denied it. So then they published it, and then, what is it, Adam Booth? Fard, whatever, one of the other presidents Bufart, of C. Yes. Yeah. Um, he decided to, you know, make one of those one of those stupid things where you, like, I guess you write something and then you make it into a picture and then you put it on Twitter yeah. rather than just, I don't know, I don't know. He did that. And, he, and the funny thing was he decided to break down th- three of the most non-consequential things from the, from the article. Like, the, the first one was, like, saying that they, there were features that were left out and that the demos were all fake. He was like, well, the demos weren't fake, by the way. Everyone in the gaming industry, you know, makes their demos look better for gaming conferences. So we're not the only one. And then he was like, and then he talked about all these features like car ambushes. He's like, they're in the game just like any other, just like we planned them to be. Which it was like one of those things where he like, he must have like had that as a specific example because they don't point that out in the article. Mm -hmm. And he was just like, oh, no, but this is in the game. So don't like, you know, it's in there. Which most people in the comments were like, I never experienced one of these. <laughs> so, whatever. I did not. Ever. And then he pointed out, like... And then... Oh, he talked about how... Oh, all the developers who were interviewed weren't, would not give their names. So, it's, like, not really... Like, wh- what developer who works there is going to give their name... Right. To the, ...to the journalist? Like, you're just going to fire them. So, that's not a way to, to break down the argument. And then there, the, the, he took the least least consequential thing which is like some apparently at cd project it's rule that any official conversations um you have to have in english like if you're talking to people you talk in english um but there's people who work there from all over the place so apparently um some employees complain that people would talk in other languages and they they assumed it was because they were trying to insult them or keep secrets or whatever which whatever maybe that's true i don't know but then he pointed that one out. He was just like, by the way, our rule is to speak English, so this can't even be true. <laughs> There's no way people would ever speak any other language on our floor. Right. And that was his whole thing. He just took down the, he just took those three points and was like, you know, this this article's, you know, it's it's bad. It's not it's trash. They didn't characterize us well at all. So his argument is that a Polish develop, development company would never talk in anything but English at work. Yeah, and the funniest thing was, I don't have it pulled up right now because I don't even want to Google it, but the funniest thing was, he was like, our official rule is to speak, in, speak English for all conversations, but we do hire people who are who are from all diverse backgrounds, in parentheses, 
which helped in the development of this game. And I'm like, okay, now you're just, now you're trying to be like, this game was developed inter multiculturally. Um, so yeah, I, I think that CD Projekt is handling this terribly. Yeah. I did see a, a Jason Schreier uh, tweet where he talked about part of something he found out, which was, I'll read it here for you right now. Uh, one CDPR developer told their manager they didn't want to work overtime as their CEO had told them it would be okay. Fine, their manager said, but one of their other co-workers would work extra hours to make up for them. Several other developers shared similar stories. Uh, for anyone out there who has ever seen uh, Evangelion, the original anime, this reminds me so much of when, when Shinji won't get in the robot, they're like going to send in Ray, and she's all like banged up with like bandages and a cast on, and so they're like guilting him and still doing it. This is exactly that. It's 1,000% that. It's insane. Yeah. So, maybe one day Cyberpunk will be a game like No Man's Sky that has been fixed. People can play. All people can play and enjoy no matter what. What's this? I mean, I honestly think that they are never going to deliver this game on that last-gen console. Never. I do not think they will. They, they said that's something they're promising. I think they are going to draw out the development of that for so long that people will just have the next-gen console yeah. and they won't care anymore. Because, I mean, that there's just no way that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Don't, don't hold your breath for the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One versions to actually work. They're never going to. But maybe eventually they'll make it so that the next-gen consoles and PC can have a very similar experience. Uh, but they also just need to make the game good. Yeah. <laughs> from what that. I've heard. <laughs> so, uh, the game ain't that good. I'd, I'd so, say the game is perfectly average. It's not exceptional. Which, for, for a studio exactly. that prides themselves on being like one of the best, you can't deliver an average experience. I'm sorry. It doesn't yeah. work. And once again, I'm going to make this point like we do every time we talk about Cyberpunk and we talk about Crunch and we talk about good games. The best game last year was a game that cost a fraction of the price of Cyberpunk, both to buy and to make, and was made by a developer who cares about their employee, Supergiant. Its name is Hades, and if you haven't played it, you can refund your copy of Cyberpunk and buy that, and you can buy another game as well with the money. So, I, I don't know. I just can't I, can't... I can't stop talking about Hades. Every time somebody talks about it, I'm just like... God, and it's so great. It's such a good story because Supergiant has always made these really good, unique games, mm-hmm. but they're never like, it's never like, oh, this is the game of the year. You know, you got to play this one. It's always like kind of niche stuff, mm-hmm. but then they just made Hades and now they're the, the superstar. They're the bells of the balls and I love it. I, was, I, I can't stop talking about it. I was going to say, you could, instead of playing Cyberpunk, you could buy any Supergiant game and it would be a better experience. You could buy Bastion. I think you can buy the bundle of all their games for like, I think 65 or 70 bucks. So just a little bit more than Cyberpunk, you can get all their games. And they're all great. So, Yeah, it's, I mean, they're a great company that does great things. They treat your people people pretty well, from what I can tell. Uh, Yeah. So that's that's, that's the thing. It doesn't matter how much money you throw at something. If you push people to the edge and you fuck them over in that way, they're not going to deliver a good product. And if your management's fucked up, it's not going to go well. It's just not. Yeah. And I think that, uh, I mean, not only was Cyberpunk not going to be delivered on time, but the fact that, I don't know, I think that even with with the pandemic and stuff, they should have pushed it out. I mean, they should have pushed it out at least a year just because of COVID. And then pushed it out even farther depending on any other all the other factors about the game not working Mm -hmm. so yeah i don't know i think that uh yeah they're not gonna fix it for last gen systems there's i I mean if they do i will i'll I'll eat my shoe i have no idea i mean i really will but yeah i don't know luckily uh i didn't buy it (laughs) and i can buy other games instead i mean i've seen some games work magic on the current hardware, like Last of Us Part Two, which we ragged on a lot, does yeah. look amazing on the current. Looks, sounds, and like the character models are all ten out of ten. Fantastic. I mean, there's, you can't knock that game for that at all. No, but it's also not an open world, do everything game. You know, yeah, which is probably helpful in that respect. But uh, yeah, Last but, of Us and uh, God of War, yeah, like, both games are just crazy. Yeah, God of War uh, set, set the bar for the way that games could look on the on the current consoles. Again, I'm still calling them current because 
like three people have a PS5, and so it doesn't really count yeah. yet. I'm one of those people who's like I'm on PS5 stock Twitter. Like try, every time some, every time a, a stock drops, I go for it, mm-hmm. and I still haven't gotten one. I've been doing this for like two months now, so yeah, it's not easy. Do you feel like it's on purpose? at this point a little bit like i know COVID's contributing obviously but do you feel like them drawing it out is increasing anticipation i don't know i think that it i don't know maybe but i really do feel like it's just i don't know i feel like stock is low they have a re- they've had a real problem with scalpers this time because of stock being low and i don't know i think that in the end like if i think by the middle of this year if it's not like relatively easy to buy one it's going to hurt them in the end because what honestly what these what they should want to do is they they need to get people onto the new systems so they can stop cross development yeah. for things like Cyberpunk and Spider-Man and there's rumors that the new God of War is apparently being cross developed and if that if they do that that's going to very much hinder that game and that's you're going to want people to have the new hardware for that so yeah. but th- that's not confirmed yet there's there's rumblings that they might be cross developing it but yeah i think they they really should want people to be in the new hardware as fast as possible mm-hmm. so they really need to make it available because i'm trying right now because i want to play miles morales i want to play demon souls but if by the middle of the year i don't have one i'm probably just gonna i don't know wait for it like just just give it some time wait for the price drop or the special edition they'll be coming out at some point with the better hardware yeah so if we can't forget about that. There's also a segmentation of the, of the current gen where there's a PS4 and a PS4 Pro as well, which might not be as big as the gap to a PS4 yeah. or PS5, but it still also exists. And then you look at Xbox and you're like, okay, so they made like five Xbox Ones, mm-hmm. and I don't know what any of them do. Nope. Cool. Got it. I remember back in the day, man, there was a PlayStation 2 and there was a skinny one that came out. There was no hardware differences other than the fact that yeah. it was smaller. It was just they were like, we found out how to make this. Like a fourth of the size. I like how you say that. Like how we found out. Like we were exploring an ancient tomb. And then somewhere we yeah. found a scroll that taught us how to. No, actually, actually what it was was that most of the original PlayStation was just empty space. <laughs> they realized, oh, we can just make this a little bit smaller. Why are we making this so big? I don't know why we did this, guys. It's just like padding, yeah. I guess, we thought. <laughs> Shock resistance. It's like the old like cartridges for games. It's like there's so much empty space in there. They're like... Honestly, they're kind of thin if you take all the all the big plastic pieces out. You know, I was actually looking at my games recently, and I came across... The, As you do. Yeah, the cartridge for Breath of the Wild. And, dude, how is it that that entire goddamn video game fits on a tiny last little piece of plastic? How is it possible? Yeah. And Call of Duty has to be 250 gigabytes. <laughs> like, how is it? It's insane. I think about it all the time. Um, I mean, I think about the fact that it's so common now that we just download games yeah. and they just run straight off of our hardware. I mean, tell that to like back on the PS2 days that you don't have to have a disc anymore. You just, oh, it's just there. It just runs. You have storage. You do all that. Um, it's actually crazy because it's like for the, like, especially for the Switch, the only game I own on cartridge, actually, I own the two best games, Breath of the Wild and Mario Odyssey, I own on cartridge. Everything else is digital for me because it's so, it's so easy just to go in the shop, you know, find a cool game, boom. And they start playing it like immediately. I do actually buy a lot of Switch games on physical because they don't discount them on digital ever. Like I wanted to buy the Monster they Hunter. They barely discount them on physical. <laughs> I wanted to buy Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate or whatever. And it's yeah. 40 bucks if you buy it from the store like down to download. It's, it was 26 though to buy the physical copy. So I was like, of course I can get the physical in that case. Yeah. Any like first party Nintendo game, they oh, basically yeah. never discount them on digital or physical. Mm-mm. Like Breath of the Wild is still 60 Odyssey is still 60. I've been trying to buy, uh, uh, what is it, Fire Emblem Three Houses, 60. At 55 if you're, like, lucky, but still, basically $60 yeah. everywhere. At that point, those, why, those even, are, why even wait, you know? Yeah, so. I, I don't think they'll ever discount Breath of the Wild. Why would they ever discount it? It's no. The, 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 it's, like, what sells the console. It sold it for me, anyways. By the way, I found out, something I always find interesting is, you know how, like, the Call of Duty games never get discounted? Like, if you try to buy, like, Call of Duty Black Ops 2, it's still 60 bucks. I've heard of this. You, you know why that is? Why? Because they don't want people to play that game. They're, because they want people to play the most recent ones, so they don't have to worry about upkeep for the servers on the oh. old games. Because they're hoping that consumers will be like, well, if I can just buy the newest one for 60 I'll just buy that. Why would I even want to play this one? Because they don't, they don't think that anyone cares about... I mean, that you shouldn't with Call of Duty. They're like, oh, nobody could care about a campaign and like actually want to see how the story plays out. So make every game cost the same, and then they'll buy the newest one. Have they met gamers? Do they know about them? And they're, they're I, guess, I don't think so. 
Because, like, there's an entire community devoted to playing Super Smash Bros. Melee with broken-ass controllers from yep. 15 years ago. So, they don't let things 20 go. 20 years ago, 20, by oh the way. Oh, God, so I'm so old! Came out in 01. I'm going to die soon! You can't be yeah. saying these kinds of things. Um, oh, oh, 01, really? Oh, 01, man. That was GameCube era? Yeah. God. How are the GameCube still running? With those those trusty CRTs and uh, uh, game old Game Boy uh, um, GameCube controllers just still working. You gotta hand it to him, man. That old hardware still holds up. I wonder yeah. if a PlayStation Four running in twenty years. You know, I wonder if my PlayStation Three would work right now if I, if, I, if I played it. I mean, I'm sure it would turn on. It would work, but like, I wonder. How, I just wonder how bad it was. Yeah, you know, because like. Every time because like when we saw the PS3's graphics, we were like, they're never gonna get better. And now I see PS3 games, and I'm like, that looks like Minecraft. Like mm-hmm. everyone, they all look so bad now, except for Uncharted Two and Three, which still look incredible. Um, but compared to Uncharted Four, they are Minecraft because Uncharted Four looks like a real life movie taking place in front of me. So, yeah, I do wonder. I do wonder how that's gonna. Like, are we gonna look at? Because, I mean, I'm looking at PlayStation 5 games, and I'm like, and the new PC stuff, I'm like, there's no way it's going to look any better than this. But I said that 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> what is it going to look like in 10 years? I do think that the, the progress is slowing down or how good things look. The increments are not as big as they used to be. Like, compared yeah. to PS2 to PS3, it's insane, the, the, the level of quality jumped up. But it is getting better. I mean... I'm playing the Final Fantasy remake right now, and the faces are insane. Have you seen the new Final Fantasy? No, not Final Fantasy, Resident Evil Village gameplay. Yeah. The faces in that look insane. What the it looks hell? Crazy, yeah. Everyone's talking about the giant woman, and I, I'm down. Let's do it, giant woman. Let's, I, I'm into it. Um, <laughs> giant woman. I mean, you've seen this, right? Like the the eight yeah. foot tall woman that kills you. The new, the sexy Mister X, as they call her. <laughs> um, it's it's definitely a choice. I'll say that. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, but yeah, um, those faces look immaculate. So, I mean, and it's like faces are getting better. And that's the big thing, really, in games, right? Because I remember I was really impressed by uh, Star Wars The Force Unleashed, which is one of the first games to use full like motion capture on the face. It looked really yeah. good. And so that's an important part, I think, of, of why the games look better now is the faces look better. Yeah. I, I think that... Because that's where you approach the Uncanny Valley. That's where... You watch the movie Polar Express, and you're like, I can't believe this is for kids. It looks like, uh, you know, something you would torture people with. Faces are insane. And I think that movies still haven't done it. Uncanny Valley in movies is crazy. All these digital Star Wars people, like Grand Moff Tarkin and uh, Princess Leia, uh, nightmare fuel. But games are getting it right. Mm-hmm. Like, like you said, Last of Us 2 had some really, really good facial animations. You got to know um, when to stop being realistic. I think you got to know when, like Uncanny Valley, when to pull back because you can't cross it yet. So when do you pull back? No. Yeah. Like I think that like like games that can't afford to look as good as Last of Us Part Two or whatever, you get like a uh, like Breath of the Wild, which looks like a, a beautiful, beautiful game, but yeah, it's not trying it's to not be like realistic. photorealistic or anything. Yeah. I think stylized is going to be really popular. Hell, I think there's there's some incredible work being done with like. Like, old-ass sprites now look insanely good. People come up with some crazy detailed sprite games now. Yeah, one game that looks really good. I haven't played it yet. I actually just recently downloaded it, but I've seen a lot of footage. One game that looks really, really fucking good is Dead Cells. Yeah. And it's all pixel art. But I love it is Dead done Cells. And it's done in such a cool way. Um, see, that's my thing. It's like, we're talking about it now, but I'm one of the people who, like, graphics don't really matter to me at all. I mean, you look at my favorite games from the past couple of years. I mean, we talked about Hades... Um, right now, I'm fucking ad- addicted to Slay the Spire, which is just a card game with basically, you know, 2D characters. Um, it just, like, just, you know, basic polygons and stuff. And, yeah, like, a lot of the, like, Hyperlight Drifter. Like, a lot of these games that are really good, it's like, you know, you can make a good game and you can make it look good, but it doesn't have to be... Because, like, at this point, making a game look as good as games can look these days costs $100 million minimum. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's a big big undertaking and most game developers don't have that so i think it's really important now that games are just good mm-hmm. rather than looking good and don't get us wrong 
making a good sprite is a lot of work. Like, it takes a oh, ton yeah. of work. So it's not like it takes less skill to make a sprite game than a, a Call yeah, of Duty no. or whatever. No, no, no. That's what I'm saying. Is making anything look good takes skill. Mm-hmm. But making it, making it look as good as it possibly can when it might not even need to, mm-hmm. like, or as good as it possibly can being, you know, what... I don't know. How do you even describe that? Because, like, it's one of those things where I can't say Last of Us Part Two looks better than Hyper Light Drifter. I can say it looks more realistic than Hyper Light Drifter. I um, think it's because a movie thing. Like, yeah. like, take, like, a Kurosawa film. Would mm-hmm. it be better if it was in color? Like, I mean, no. Like, like would, but, but being in color would make it more realistic, wouldn't it? Because the world has colors to it, right? Yeah, that's true. So it, I think the same way, like, what is your aim that you're going for, right? Like, Call of Duty is trying to look like a real depiction of war, but, like, Hyperlight Drifter is trying to be a stylized, weird, sci-fi, fantasy yeah. universe. And so, like, Kurosawa filmed in black and white because of artistic reasons that he, you know, that, that were, you know, were there, clearly. And, I mean, when he was making movies, also, sometimes technical limitations. I guess that's true, it was, yeah. It was harder. Have you ever seen Dreams by Akira Kurosawa's Dreams? I have not. So it's a color, it's one of his only movies that's in color. And it's produced by Martin Scorsese because Scorsese just loves Kurosawa's movies because, you know, he's smart. He knows what good movies are. And man, I mean, I don't even think the movie is that good. But the way Kurosawa uses color, I'm like, damn, this guy understands filmmaking. It is a beautiful movie. I mean, the movie's like from the fucking 70s. But it looks just as good as anything we're making these days as far as the use of color goes. Okay. So, yeah. Um, Those are my list. I gotta check that out. Yeah, it's great. Um... You can probably get like a Criterion Channel like trial or something and just watch it on there. I think I think it's on there, but yeah, it, it's it's great and yeah, but yeah, I like I like that analogy. Is like a movie wouldn't necessarily be better just or even look better just because it's in color, but yeah, just what you're going for. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. So yeah, you don't have to have you know the most cutting edge technology to make a game look good, but doing it still takes an immense amount of skill. I mean, honestly, making anything look good <laughs> takes an immense amount of skill. Oh yeah. Even something as simple as making like a logo or whatever, like yeah, making it pop and be eye catching is beyond me. It's insane amounts of work. Yeah, I don't, I don't have that skill. Skill, but so speaking of movies and specifically movies. bad movies, uh, bad ones. So the Snyder Cut is happening. The four hour, <sighs> four hour R rated edition of the Snyder Cut will become an HBO. How lucky are we for the movie Justice League? By the way, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You never said that. <laughs> I mean, I thought figure but, folks yeah. just know at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm never going to watch that. <laughs> so, I mean, it's not going to affect me at all. But the fact that we... Because I thought that the Snatter Cut Twitter people were an incredibly small cult. voice. I mean, they're a cult for sure. But I thought their voice... I mean, I heard it a lot just because I'm on film Twitter so often. So I just hear it. But... I didn't know they had enough pull to actually... And they, they did reshoots for this. They spent $70 million on reshoots. Yeah. So that the Snyder Cut could come out. What? For a movie that sucks. <laughs> what? I don't understand. When has this happened? When in history have we made a movie that fucking sucks and then we petitioned to get a longer, probably shittier version of the movie to be put out and reshot just so we could put it out? When is this... This is unprecedented. This is much more than people complaining about the way Sonic looked mm-hmm. and getting that, getting that. Because at least that movie was still in production. Right. This is a movie that came and went four years ago. Has it been that long? I think it came out. Is either twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen? Oh, so like three my. or four years. Yeah. Like movie is done with. Nobody talks about it. Literally, no people talk about Batman or Superman sometimes. Talk about how bad it is. People talk about Wonder Woman. And the new one, talk about how bad it is. Yeah. People talk about oh, Aquaman. No one ever fucking talks about Justice League. Yeah, yeah, how average. And the fact that somebody says, I'm the Ocean Master. Yeah. Is that what he says? I yeah, am. I'm I mean, the Ocean Master, yeah. That's, that's a cool line. But no one ever talks about Justice League because it's the blandest, most MacGuffin. It's like up there with The Rise of Skywalker is one of the most MacGuffin movies in the world. Yeah. I, I remember us... Unfortunately, seeing uh, Batman Superman with our parents, which was yeah, worst a movie I've ever seen. Terrible experience for them and for us. I feel so bad that, I, that they they watched that movie with us. Yeah. Um. um. But no, th- the thing is, 
I heard apparently there was a rumor at some point, or it was in the works, that instead of it being a four-hour-long movie, it would be a, it would be four-hour-long like segments, episodes, like episodes. Basically, I could I could maybe if I really hated myself get down with watching those for fun to make fun of them, but I'm sorry, I will not watch a four-hour-long movie that I don't like. No. And I understand that I could just pause it every hour and watch it that way. But I still, I would never, I wouldn't even have, like, the next, like, if I did that, I'd watch the first hour, and then the second time, I would, like, is it even worth it to open it up and scrub to an hour so I can watch the rest? Yeah. Probably not. Like, oh, Seth, it'll save your place. Not good enough. Not good enough. And once again, I, every day I urge people to, if you haven't seen something, don't judge it. But I'm throwing that out the window for the Justice League Snyder Cut. Fuck it. It's awful. It doesn't... I'm. All my all of my values out of the window. No. I'm so done with DC movies and Justice League specifically. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Why did we do this? Why did what where was the money? Where what do they think it was coming from? Yeah. Why did we let the worst people on the internet well, I guess I can't even say worst yeah. people. Some of those annoying people on the internet, why did we let them win? And did they even win? Like, I guess they'll say it's good. I mean, they're going to get what they want. Yeah. Whether it's good or not, they are getting what they wanted. You're right. You're right, man. I can't argue with that. It's just, it feels yeah. like, really, and, though, we all lost. And first of all, let, let's think about this from a motivational standpoint. Does Zack Snyder have such a definable vision as a filmmaker that you don't think that somebody like Joss Whedon, and whatever, he's, you know... It, whatever his controversy is, he's a competent person as far as mm-hmm. putting a movie together. Do you think there's anything that Zack Snyder could say with his directorial voice that Joss Whedon couldn't capture and then just edit together? I'm gonna say Are this. we on the level of saying that Zack Snyder is some kind of auteur who has to have his vision uninterrupted? I'm going to say this. We let Zack Snyder coast for far too long off of yes. fucking 300. I'm sorry, I've said it. It's the truth. He made 300... Which everyone saw, and one, isn't that good? No. <laughs> like, it was good when we all saw it, because we were all 17. And excited and horny. Oh. Yeah, but the movie is really, really bad. And then he made Sucker Punch, which is, I mean, an, you show that to a show that to an alien, <laughs> and they'll be like, they would not be able to define what culture is <laughs> if we showed them that. Hey, John Hamm um, shows up. Yeah, John Hamm's Oscar Isaac is in that movie. That's right. Um, it was actually one of his first, like, big, very big quotes as well, yeah. roles. Um, and then they were just like, make Man of Steel, which is terrible. I mean, that movie is so bad. The movie was so bad that they were, they were, they were, I remember when we saw it, they were in Walmart trying to sell tickets for people to go see Man of Steel. Yeah, we went, we went and saw it at like 7 p.m. the day before it came out. It was weird. Yeah. And it was. It was so bad. Um, the ending especially. And, like, just the, the complete lack of, like, what do you, what do you even call it? Lack of attention Color, to... Color, life. Who, uh, and no, who Superman is oh, as a character. Yeah. Like, first of all, I don't give a shit about Superman. I think he's pretty boring. Mm-hmm. But... I don't even get it. That he just indiscriminately probably killed a million people in that movie. Which is against his code anyway. And then when he has to kill Zod, it's like a big deal. Mm-hmm. Which he still does anyway. Um, I, complete. That there's Zack Snyder has no vision as a director. I'm sorry. I'll say this. Man of Steel starts strong. The Krypton sequence yes. was great. I was like, oh shit, yeah. this is cool. I yeah. like this. And then everything else happens <laughs> after that. And it, Man, and it falls apart. And like you said, like all of his movies... He looks at a color palette and he just throws it out the window and finds a grayscale and is like, this is what I need. I mean, he made Dawn of the Dead, which is, a, which is actually a pretty colorful and pretty good movie. Like, I don't, like, it's, it's, yeah. it's a bad remake of the original, but if it was not called Dawn of the Dead, it would be a pretty good movie. Because yeah. it, ha- it contains no cultural or social context or value whatsoever compared to the original, like, which is a rich text everyone wants to see. Um, yeah. But then after that, I mean, 300, which, like we said, we were all young. We didn't know better. We thought this was a good movie. And the cold out of day now, you can clearly see that it is a bad film. Yeah. Gerard Butler, his entire career has also been coasting off of that movie. I'm sorry, but it's true. Like, we saw him in that. We're like, this guy rules. But he kind of doesn't. Oh, and we, we totally glossed over Watchmen. Oh, right. Which... Yeah. 
Man, that, that, that whole franchise is cursed, isn't it? You I look- found out something very disturbing. Uh-oh. Zack Snyder has been announced to be the director of an adaptation of Ayn Rand's The Fountainhead. Okay, alright. So you're making a jokey joke. You're making a jape. You think I'm joking? No, Seth. I mean, we all knew this, right? Because he's a big Ayn Rand fan. No, I didn't know that. I didn't know they were making a Fountainhead movie. Yeah. I didn't know Zack Snyder's behind it. That was his, that's been his goal for like 15 years, to make it into a movie. That is insane. Oh, also, the Jew Justice League, the, the, his cut mm-hmm. is listed as a TV miniseries as having me four episodes. Really? I saw that they, they, they canceled those plans. Uh, currently on IMDb, that's what they got. Oh. And also, he's making a movie called Army of the Dead. Uh, which has Batista in it, apparently. It follows a zombie outbreak in Las, Las Vegas. Um, I guess he's just trying to get that Dawn of the Dead Juice back. feeling back, which I mean, people only remember he did that. Um, and yeah, he directed Legend of the Guardians, the Owls of Gahul. That You what? just said a lot of words. That's a real movie. Legends of Gahul is a real title to a film? No, the Owls of Gahul, idiot. The owl, oh, Legend. sorry, yes. I'm the idiot. The Owls of Gahul. It's called Legend of the Guardians, the Owls of Gahul. Fuck you. 2010. <laughs> this is a real movie, and I did not know that Zack Snyder directed it. But now that I think about it, this is a movie he probably want to direct. Oh, my God. That dude's a hack. I'm sorry. He's a hack. He's a complete no. hack. Yeah, I'm, I don't even want to look at this anymore. It makes me so, makes me so mad. It's, it's one of those things. Just, it makes me so mad when certain people... Are successful when they shouldn't be. <laughs> I'm convinced that he only got where he is is because James Gunn was his partner early on in life. They're working together yeah. with Dawn the Dead and stuff. Possible. Like, because James Gunn apparently got all the talent, and now makes yeah, James Gunn's a, a great director. Yeah. So um, I, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand it. Zach, why did we do that? I don't. Again, why? Why did our civilization yeah. decide? Also, if we're gonna give Zack Snyder seventy million dollars to do a new cut of Justice League, you know what? We gotta give uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller money to re- to redo Solo. Yes, I want to see what they had on the plate. Yep. While we're at it, resurrect Jodorowsky. Let him make his own version of Dune. Let's do this. Yeah, have him consult on the the second part for Villeneuve. Dude, here's the thing though. Okay, so we're talking about like the 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 thing the the Justice League re- remake almost. The, the, I saw someone post a picture of the new design for the villain movie, who's again, whose name is Steppenwolf. He's named Steppenwolf. Yeah. Yep. They they took the design that was the original movie I was seeing, which looked stupid. He's just he looks like a CGI monster from the 20, 2005, and they just added more spikes to his body. He just has more needles and more spikes now. Yeah, he looks like a mini boss from like Doom, the new Doom game. That's like <laughs> what he looks like. Not even a good one, like like one yeah, you would yeah, yeah. forget about. Yeah, like one of the ones that like their mechanic wasn't even that good, so you beat him on the first try. Like that's exactly what it looks like. We spent, dude. We have spent about ten minutes of that podcast talking about Elon Musk and ten minutes more talking about Zack Snyder. I'm talking about a movie that neither of us are probably ever gonna watch. We hate. Everyone um, had very much hated. Like that movie sucked. It was so bad. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't. Matter. That's that's the thing. Sometimes I, I think about things. And I get so mad, and I'm like. It doesn't matter. Stop. But my brain, it doesn't care. My brain is like, this is the most important thing you're going to learn about ever. I'm moving on now. I've, I've mentally gotten over the shoals of, of, or whatever the hell they're called, uh, the coral reef that is uh, Justice League Snyder Cut. And I'm smooth sailing on to something good. Seth, Marcus recommended it. I'm going to officially recommend it too on the podcast. Uh-oh. Mob Psycho 100 is oh, yes. a good anime. One Punch Man, same guy, same kind of little bit of the concept. It's great. I recommend it, everyone. If you like, if you like good stuff, go watch that. That's it's, is it's good. Mob Psycho on Hulu by any chance? It is on. Or... I'm also you know on Crunchyroll. That's all that has it. Yeah, of course you are. Uh, Anime nerd, uh, otaku. What are you what am I gonna say, man? It's the one place um, you can get some of these things. It's true. Like we talked about it last week. Crunchyroll hit a demographic. Did it very well, but. Yeah, I want to. I know there's a lot of stuff that's on Hulu now, too, so I'm, I might see if it's on there, and if not, then I'm going to have to hit you up for that. No, I try, <laughs> that I try log in info. It's, it's not there, but... Oh, okay. But yeah, it's... Because uh, One Punch Man's on Hulu. Yeah. So. 
But again, because how anime is made, it's like two different, not even two different companies, it's two different alliances of companies that made these things. Like, yeah, it's so weird how I, I, someone talked about or showed me a, a screenshot from the anime with like season one was done by one group of companies and season two by a different one. And the, the characters are the same characters, clearly, but like the style is totally different. And I'm like trying yeah. to imagine how that happened here, like in America, like how that even occur, you know, it would be like community season four. Yeah. But it happens much more often. I know you, we talked the other day, you had a pretty good rant about, uh, Evangelion, uh, movie naming convention. I want you to, to elucidate this for the listeners. All right. So the rehabilitation Evangelion movies have been going on for more than 10 years now. The first one came out in America in 2007, me and Seth both watched it about the same time. And yep. the second we watched as well, it came out five years later. They take like two years, three years to localize them for some reason. I don't know why. But the naming of the conventions of these things have always been weird. So the first one is... Uh, They're weird, but up until now they've been consistent. <laughs> yes. You know what? Actually, let me just pull up real quick the names because I, I want to get them right for the, for the podcast. I don't want to fuck it up. Yeah, for all the otakus out there. Yeah, I don't want anybody emailing me or, or DMing me or sending me a goddamn letter in the <laughs> mail about this. Okay, so here we go. Evangelion uh, 1.0, you are not alone with not in uh, parentheses. No idea what that means. Uh, yeah, it has nothing to do with the movie, honestly. And then you have Evangelion 2.0, you can not advance. Evangelion 3.0, you cannot redo. And then, of course, we have Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.0 thrice upon a time. Which, two things. <laughs> They got rid of the not convention, and they also got rid of the number. But the thing is, so they were like, it was like 1.11, 2.22, 3.33. If you're going to do this dumb addition thing, shouldn't it be 3.33 plus 1.11 so it makes 4.44? Well, no. Actually, Seth, the 1.0 and then 1.11 are two different things. 1.0 was the DVD release, and 1.11 was the Blu-ray that came out years later that was in HD, basically. So, like... Those aren't even the official titles. Those are the Blu-ray copy titles. It's even that crazy. Yeah. So maybe when it comes to Blu-ray, it'll be 3.33 plus 1.11, and I will be... My, my uh, need will be sated. Why is it called um, Thrice Upon a Time? Why do you hate me? Why do you hate me, Evangelion? Yeah. What do you think about... Have you seen the third rebuild? I have, yeah. What do you, how do you feel about that movie? Uh, it is... It is uh, ever since the show ended, every single thing has been... Uh, Anno just being like fuck you to the Evangelion fans which I appreciate because you know what being yeah. honesty is nice that's the biggest one it's literally like there's a plot point where like, the characters didn't age they're still 14 year olds that are 30 now and again it's just him being like you creepy fucking weirdos stop jerking off these children fuck you I hate you yeah uh, that movie was incredibly weird like cause I actually liked the first two but the third one I I I have no thoughts at all. I was just like, I have no idea what they were going for with this movie, but it didn't hit for me. It didn't hit for you? No. Actually, I, <laughs> I watched it with my roommates at the time, and we were uh, flabbergasted. Actually, wow, you have it on Blu-ray. Just bought the Blu-ray because I don't actually own it. I still have the uh, the theater version from when it first came out with the fan subs on my computer, and so this is the official, wow. like, real version. So I'm going to watch that soon, and I'll report back to you on my findings but yes it is a very strange film yeah that's funny um uh i not, i still need to see shin godzilla i still need to watch that because apparently it rules oh yeah that one's really good I, I like that one um maybe this new godzilla crap will be good who knows if it ever comes out that would be nice because we we don't know what's happening right now yeah we don't know how those those contracts are working out yeah, that's a whole other tangent we can get on, uh, really. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know, man, what about you? You been watching anything, or I know you're still playing Fire I've been, I've been playing, oh, I watched uh, Promising Young Woman. It came out um, recently. It skipped, or skipped theaters. It was in some theaters. Um, it's pretty good. It's, I can, I, I read a bunch of reviews, and there's a bunch of people who have complaints about the ending, which I can entirely understand 
I thought overall it pretty much it wrapped up pretty well. The best part of, about the movie though is that the basically the second lead of the movie is my all-time personal idol, Bo Burnham, who you don't see you don't see a lot in movies and television. He he likes to direct, he likes to write, um, but he has a straight up huge acting role in this movie. And whether the movie was good or bad or not, I had a blast watching him. So I think it's pretty good, though. My understanding is this: this movie is uh, is just like hard candy on steroids. I would say it's hard candy on downers. Really, I think hard candy goes on much harder than this movie. Because I was just saying, because the scope of it is larger than just two, one incident, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Uh, yeah, it's a little bit bigger than that. I'd say. Man, Hard Candy, what a film. Yeah, yeah, that, that was an interesting one. Um, so, Promising Woman, apparently Seth recommends it. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, and then, yeah, I think it's pretty good. And then, uh, Slay the Motherfucking Spire. This game is so good. I am, I'm actually mad at myself that I didn't play it like when it came out, so I could have been part of that conversation, because just in the past three days, I've put in, like, 14 15 hours and i have a i have a clear already and after this podcast i'm gonna try and finish up another clear that i'm very close to so yeah i think it's, i just think that game is so fucking great nice dude i uh i had a friend recently convince me that i should buy the entire collection of kingdom hearts games kingdom hearts like all of them now i played yeah. one and two and i enjoyed them back when i played them i did not play three because everyone said it was bad uh, I also never played any of the weird side games like Dream Drop Distance or 358 divided by two days or whatever. And another naming convention that whatever. Chain of Memories or whatever. I don't know what these games are. I guess they were PSP and Game Boy games at some point. I don't I don't understand them. I probably won't play them, but I will play 1, 2, and 3. Or I'm sorry, 1.5 and 2.5 and then 3. And I guess I'll see how I feel about them. But yeah. I will not understand the story, apparently, because time travel gets involved in the side games, and we all know how time travel works out. <laughs> this gets involved. Always in Especially well. when the story of Kingdom Hearts is so straightforward, <laughs> not convoluted in any way. Time travel is going to be a breeze for those guys. Like, everyone says that, but my memory of 1 and 2 was it was pretty straightforward, and apparently it isn't until those side games that it starts to get really off the rails. Yeah, it's it's got its little quirks. It's uh, it's very weird. Because um, when I first started playing it, the concept was Final Fantasy meets Disney. And I was like, yeah, all right, sure, why not? Also, I was young. Who gives a shit? There's clouds in it, and so is Squall. And I was like, all right, sure. And Mickey's here, I guess. Sort of. Not really. Uh, it's so weird that Donald Duck and Goofy are the guys they chose to be your, your, your teammates. Yep. I, don't... I saw a compilation of, like, in Kingdom Hearts 3, apparently, there's, like, so many times when Goofy is, talk, like, talking directly about, like, Final Fantasy lore. And people just, it's, like, so weird to hear him talk about these insane Japanese storylines. Yeah. I mean, it was a good so, choice because yeah. they're very entertaining. Like, those, those two voices are fantastic. Yeah. Especially you got to hear them, again, say Final Fantasy or the villains' names at all. Like, those are great. I love that. It's a very stupid yeah. and Goofy series. Goofy. Oh. And I'll take that. I'll take stupid. Uh, stupid is always is fun, you know. I'll take stupid over trying yeah. to be too serious. Yeah, I agree. Which I guess maybe maybe it's trying to be too serious. I don't know. I could never take it seriously. Like, there's just no way. No. It, it, too silly. It looks too silly for me. Other than that, man, uh, I don't really think there's anything. I mean, we talk about politics for maybe like ten minutes this whole podcast, but yeah, there's just like politics are dead. People are talking about Biden's big uh, plan to do like fifteen dollar minimum wage, stuff like that. And my, uh, he's like, oh, he's also from Bernie who, who wants to do. My thought on that is, I will believe it when I see it. Yeah. Call 100%. me when something happens. Also, our con, I'm sorry, my congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene got suspended from Twitter for twelve hours. Uh, she's trying to get banned. Nice. And I said this before it happened. I said this way back in like a year or so ago. That when Donald Trump got banned from Twitter, because I thought that it would happen at some point, like after he was not president anymore, that it would become popular to get banned from Twitter. And it's it's happening now. It's, it's going to be the new thing. Yeah. I found out that 
that his bands even extended to for some, for some reason even Spotify has banned him. So people are like, now Donald Trump can't even make music. Someone did a fake like page of the Neopets banning Donald Trump, which would be incredible. <laughs> that that would be amazing. I mean, I saw that like Twitch banned him. Like, yeah, that'd be sure. Which I actually found out his, I never knew this, but his Twitch account actually would, like, uh, broadcast rallies and stuff. Okay. I never even knew it existed, but yeah, that was actually a thing. That's weird. I guess he so, would in for that. So, yeah. Not not big viewership on Twitch, but still, it was there, and it was being broadcast. That's true. That's true, I guess. And, uh, so. so, yeah, it's going to be popular to be banned, I think. Like, being banned is a, a mark of pride for conservatives, like, big tech. Yeah, which is, which is cool. They can just, they can all get banned. And who gives a shit anymore? Yeah. Oh, yeah, big tech. I, I hate even using the words big tech because it should be called tech, to be honest, because it's all part of the whole venture capital bullshit yeah. scene. Um, there, now it's a big conversation. How much how much control should big tech have over our freedom of speech? And I'm like, motherfuckers, you are the ones who decided that capitalism should be allowed to decide what is and is, isn't exactly. free speech. What what big tech? I mean, I don't agree with what tech companies do anyway. But what they're doing is just it's just capitalism. It's a, they're a private corporation who's setting their own rules. Yep. I mean, that's that's what you wanted. That's what you you want so badly. Yeah. So sorry, but that's what you get for four plus years. It was very profitable to have Donald Trump on that fucking service saying his bullshit and spreading it, having all the Q people and the crazy cultists. And now that Biden's president, it's not it's not profitable. So it goes away. It gets shut out. That's how this yep. works. Sometimes it rewards you, sometimes it hurts you. And the whims are totally up to like what, what capital decides. If you like it, great. If you don't, fuck you. You, you wanted this. Like, yep. That's true. This is what you voted for. Um, all right, well, is that an episode, Seth? I think we're done. And that's a solid ep. We started with a little bit of politics, ended with some politics. What happened in the middle, who knows? Bookends. Yeah, that's right. Um, so this has been the Illennials Podcast. I'm a Smith. You can find me on Twitter at MCSurf. I'm Seth. You can find me on Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitch.tv at Part-Time Pretzel. I stream Tuesdays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Uh, and, oh, you go ahead, Marcus. Uh, Marcus Barkley is our other co-host is not here. He does art for this podcast. You can find him on Instagram at Mr.Beaches. Our thing song was done by the aforementioned Ben Powell. He, um, he has his own podcast on Southern Smackdown where they talk about wrestling and they're from the South. If that sounds interesting, go check it out. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him get under it. Fuck the Snyder Cut. <laughs> um, we have stopped trying to solve our problems and are trying to outlive them. And from New Orleans to New York, that's the only podcast, baby. We're out. Out. <laughs>